Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. So God goes to fix the situation. Verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. He took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man, and Adam was blown away. He could not contain his exuberance. And listen to his proclamation as he sees this woman For the first time, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. It's almost like he breaks into song. You could see this on Broadway. Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, this is the lesson that we're supposed to learn from this story. A man shall leave his father and mother. All the parents of young boys said amen. (laughs) And be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Let's pray for just a moment. Father, we come by the blood of Jesus. I'm praying, Lord, for the liberty to preach this message, Lord, with the truth of the gospel centered in your word tonight, in your worldview. God, I'm praying tonight, give your people understanding once again. Lord, as we examine the differences of male and female, God, that we would find your glory and your wisdom in this perfect design tonight. And we thank you. Help us to know ourselves, God, to know your design so that we can live better for you and for your kingdom tonight. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. God's people would say, amen. So tonight, couple of lessons, and I, I just want to, uh, to give a shout-out this evening, a hat tip. Uh, a lot of the ideas that I'm using in this message tonight come from one of my favorite preachers of the 20th century, Mr. Uh, Pastor Adrian Rogers. If you don't know his ministry, go check it out. He's a fantastic preacher. So uh, th- this, these are some of the things that he preached about as well. So if you, if you hear him preaching a message that sounds like this one, now you'll know why. So tonight couple of things that we learn from Genesis chapter 2. God created only one woman for Adam, not two. And even though there is in the Bible polygamy in various uh, settings and in various times and cultures, this was never God's intention, never God's plan. One man and one woman together until death does them part. That is, again, that's something that has become controversial in our generation. 
something that has become politically correct. The marriage, the, the thing that we have called marriage for the last 5,000 years of human history, all of a sudden, uh, people reject what marriage is supposed to be. But from the beginning, we know that God made one woman for one man to be joined together for all of their earthly lives. When God presented the woman to Adam, <clears throat> Adam, it, it's, it's not that he just liked her, not only because she was like him, but he liked her because she was different. He, he was amazed at her because not only of the similarities between them, but because of the differences. This is something that we are missing out on in this generation. That in the drive and in the, in the aggression that there has been to equalize male and female, we have lost the beauty of knowing the differences. Throughout the Word of God, Bible uses contrast to teach us things. Did you, did you ever notice that? When in, like on Sunday, when I preach from the book of 1 John, that he uses the contrast of light and darkness. He uses the contrast of day and night. There is the contrast in the Word of God between good and evil. Throughout all of God's creation, He has created this amazing duality of life. That there is day and there is night. There is uh, sky and there is sea. And throughout the Bible, there is this constant echoing. There is heaven and hell. There is evil. There is good. There are angels. There are demons. There is all this amazing duality in the Bible. And so it is also true when it comes to how God created the human race. He did not create three different genders. Somebody said, I have three children, one, uh, I have one boy. No, how does it go? I have three children, one of each. That's how it is. <laughs> it's not like that. No, we cre God created male and female. These differences between the two were not intended to divide us. But rather, the contrast was intended to bring us together. To cause us to be intrigued. Not to divide, but to unite. That's why, in my opinion, homosexuality is not just evil, it's boring. I'll just leave that right there. Tonight's message will deal with the wonderful differences between male and female. Now, I have to give a disclaimer tonight. My wife so aptly reminded me that not all men are the same. I know that. And not all women are the same. Some of what I'm dealing with tonight is generalities. What I'm dealing with is, in general, men are this way and in general, women are... And I know that there are exceptions to the rule. I know that some men don't know how to work on cars, and some women do, right? I, I get that. So this is not true of every individual. But tonight, we are speaking about, in general, the way that God created male and female, that there are some commonalities we will find throughout life. So are you ready for this? <laughs> male and female. We could firstly... Compare them to Beauty and the Beast. First, <laughs> somebody likes that one. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says this, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them, the wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, 
and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Interesting little note at the end there. Now, if you read this in 2019, if you read this in polite company or you read that at work, people would begin gasping. The weaker vessel. No, it couldn't be. That Bible is so old and dusty and backwards. Should be just rejected. But when the Bible speaks about the woman as the weaker vessel, the wife to be the weaker vessel, I want to tell you, it does not mean that she is worth less than the man. To be weaker does not mean to be less valuable. In fact, many of the things that are weak in your life are of greater value. Think about that. Uh, my, one of my favorite uh, friends and pastors in the fellowship is Pastor Bob Alvarez. And when he preached about that scripture, he's, he said that he used to work in construction. And every morning he'd wake up at 4 a.m. and he had one of those, he had one of those 7-Eleven, you know, 64-ounce plastic coffee mugs. You know what I'm talking about? He would fill that jug up and he would drink that coffee and he'd be in his pickup truck and he'd be running from job site to job site and this thing is all dusty and beat up. And when he got done with his coffee, he'd dump the rest and he'd toss it in the back of his truck and there it would lie until the next morning. And he said, I had the same cup for about 20 years. That is a picture of a man. <laughs> Dirty, beat up, can take a licking, keep on ticking, can be used, can be filled, can be empty, can be tossed, and then be used again the next day. That is a very different concept than having a fine glass or bowl, a set of china. That is something that is weaker, for sure. If you drop the piece of china and the 64-ounce the coffee mug at the same time, one would bounce, the other would shatter, yes? But which one is of greater value? Which one is more precious? I would say of the two, male and female, when the Bible describes the woman as weaker than men, yes, physically weaker, but so much more precious, of greater, uh, more fine, you could say. God made Adam, certainly, with a stronger physical frame, and we know science has confirmed this to be true, that Adam is physically different. That men are physically different than women. Men have more muscle mass than women. Men have almost 50% more blood than women do. Men have a larger lung capacity. Women have, and yet, uh, the woman also has some, some, uh, some physically things that are better for her body. Women have a better immune system than a man. Have you ever seen a guy get sick? Oh, it's so sad. Oh, Lord, a little sniffle. Feel a little achy. Oh, I can't get out of bed. Oh, it hurts. Right? You know what I'm talking about. All the ladies, you got to feel sorry for your husbands when they get sick, man. It is rough. <laughs> Women have more bit brittle bones than men. And even, as I mentioned, on a cellular level, our bodies are basically different. And that's what the Bible is describing. The difference between beauty and the beast. You remember what job God gave to Adam. The job was to dress the garden, to keep the garden, to watch over, to protect the garden. 
He was to provide and to protect. And this job that he had, God equipped him physically to do this job. It is not an easy task to go out and keep a garden, especially a garden the size of Eden. It was uh, physically tiring. And so God had, to, uh, God had to prepare and equip the man, gave him greater muscle sizes to dig and chop and work the garden. And yet, think about the difference of what job God gave to the woman, to Eve. What does her name mean? Her name means the giver of life. That's pretty amazing. The giver of life. God made Eve not to dig in the garden, but to nurture and to love. Her main responsibility was not out in the garden, but rather to the people that God had given her to. She, yes, was physically weaker than Adam, but that does not mean she's inferior. If you compare two, uh, if you compare two other substances, silk is weaker than canvas, but not inferior. It's of greater value. Porcelain, weaker than steel. That does not mean it's inferior. And so tonight, as God gave different purposes to the different genders, He also equipped them for those jobs. Uh, I want to tell you that uh, in general, men are not well equipped to deal with little babies. Not well equipped. I want to tell you, if I had to raise my two girls all by myself, they would probably not be alive today. I would have slept through their impending doom, I'm sure. When those little babies begin to cry in the middle of the night, my ears did not turn on. I was not programmed to care for small children. <laughs> this is why... That the, when, in the nursery, we don't, we don't allow men in the nursery to change diapers because they would not survive. Neither the men nor the children. Because women are so much more naturally, uh, tend to be more care, more life-giving. Weaker vessel does not mean inferior. Uh, we're not saying who is better. We're saying that they're different. And that's good tonight. That's good. Another comparison we can make tonight. Not only Beauty and the Beast, but we could also say the tortoise and the hare. <laughs> you, you remember the story of the tortoise and the hare, right? It's a race between a, a tortoise and a, and a rabbit. And in the beginning, of course, they, they say, Go! And the, the, the hare jumps off of the starting line and goes a, a hundred miles before the turtle can even take a few steps. And the hare, you know, he thinks that he's so far ahead that he can take a nap and have himself a little break and have a little picnic. And by the time he falls asleep, he wakes up again and realizes that in that time, the tortoise has overtaken him and is at the end of the race and is about to win. So in the when we talk about the genders, we also find similarities in this story. Now, the man in general has energy, especially early on in his life. That's why little boys are hard to contain, aren't they? And in this generation, we want to we uh, diagnose them with some kind of disorder 
and just pump them full of medication when all they're trying to do is just be boys. That's, that's, that's wrong. So the, the uptick in the cases of ADD, ADHD, the Ritalin, the Adderall, and basically lobotomizing these little boys because we're too lazy to deal with them. That's really what it comes down to. But what that is is a God-given energy, God-given energy to young boys, young men, that men should naturally have a desire to achieve and to grow and to... This is why men thrive in the military, right? This is why these young guys, they go off to the Marines and they thrive with that environment because God has given the man a certain energy, a certain desire to achieve, to make a difference, to be an adventurer, to be a pioneer, right? This, uh, this is why if we leave little boys alone, they will probably kill themselves because they're so fearless many times. They're so adventurous, and yes, we want them to survive childhood, but don't take the spirit of adventure from your boys. They need that, Right? God created boys with this sense of urgency and desire to accomplish something, to have a difference, to make a difference in life. Girls, on the other hand, are not so driven. Did you know that a man's body begins to deteriorate at a faster rate than a woman's body? A wife needs to understand that a husband has a drive and an energy level, but Just because she doesn't have that same drive and desire to achieve and conquer doesn't mean she's better or worse. It means just that they're different. And that's okay. And in the end, how many know? Like my grandma, 95 years old, she might last a lot longer. We might have an advantage. Third comparison that we're going to make tonight is the romantic and the mechanic. Again, Adam's job was to dress the garden and to keep it. It was a very, uh, it was a very menial task. It wasn't rocket science, but it was a lot of work. The woman's responsibility was to take care of her family, her husband, her children, to love them, to nurture them. And so husbands, due to how they're designed, many times will not have the skills to be so loving and romantic toward their families and toward their wives. Now, of course, <laughs> some, something changes uh, after, after, after dude gets married. It's like all of that, all of that uh, energy, the, the wife, to get married, it's like that goal in the same way that he is achieving something by working a job or adventuring or pioneering. So the, the young dating man... He sees that woman as his goal. And then the wedding day comes, and something changes. It's like he's conquered the mountain and forgets that she's there many times and moves on to another goal and forgets how to be romantic and how to, uh, how to love and to care for his wife. Do you remember there in... Uh, in in Ephesians, how Paul instructs the church. And when he turns to husbands and wives, he, he says, Wives, 
Submit to your husbands. And he said, husbands, love your wives. Whenever you read commandments in the Bible, you know, the Bible never tells us to do things that we automatically do on our own, right? The Bible never says, uh, make sure you go to the bathroom when you wake up in the morning. I mean, that's like, that's, we do that. That's a response to our body. The, the Bible never says, uh, uh, make sure to, uh, you know, to, to do the thing that comes naturally to you. No, the Bible always challenges us to do the things that are difficult for us. And one of those things is, husbands love your wives. Right? Because the man is not naturally given to be so loving. He's the mechanic. He wants to fix things. He wants to put, you know, uh, I had an opportunity a few months ago, a uh, guy back in Chandler, he, uh, he asked me to put together a table for him. And so I, I got some tools and he gave me all the measurements and, I, and uh, my mom helped me out she, with the painting and the sanding and some things. And, and it was amazing to me how good it felt to put the two pieces together to put the screw in the wood and to, to put it all together and there it is to make something with my hands and there it is, it's a table and a bench. Man, it felt good to my male soul. Felt like Tim the Toolman Taylor, you know. I really did it. I built something. Man, that feels good to a man to put it together, to fix it, to solve the problem. Am I right, guys? Doesn't it feel good when you put something and you fix it and and you turn the wrench, and it's done. Oh, man, and hopefully you didn't mess it up worse in the process. <laughs> right, Ramon? <laughs> but we are programmed to be the mechanic. That's why I have to be careful sometimes as a pastor when people come to me, and they're, they're broken, and they're going through problems and difficulties. And Many times I go into mechanic mode. Right? I'm thinking in my head, okay, if you just do this and do that and then put it together and God's going to help you in Jesus' name and off you go. <laughs> but it, life doesn't work like that all the time. People come to me many times and they just want me to know what they're going through. I just need to be listening to them. Right? Husbands make the same mistake with wives many times and they want to they put the wrench and, and put it together and let's solve it and let's get this done and and, and she's still crying. Why are you still crying? I fixed it. Because oftentimes, we can't just be a mechanic for every little problem. But this is how God designed us. Those differences are not learned, but they are encoded. Look at the differences between the books that men and women read. Or the shows that men and women are more attracted to, right? There is such a thing as the chick flick. The Hollywood, you know, it's, uh, it produces this film with this nice romantic music and the, the wind blows the leaves and, and there's, there's the man and he's in, he looks like a Greek god and there she is and amazing and, and they, at first, she resists. But then she can't stop herself. He's... He wins her heart. And it's, it's the same movie. It's been made a thousand times with just different faces. But women will continue to give their money again and again to watch the same story over and over. 
before, uh, before all this Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. The biggest movie of all time was what? The Titanic with Jack and what's-her-face. I'll never let you go. <laughs> and the hearts of an entire generation of young girls. They went to see it over and over and over again. <laughs> Can I tell you, I hated that movie. <laughs> I hated it. I, want, I wanted to go watch The Terminator again. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to see somebody getting something done. Somebody shooting a bad guy. Very mission-oriented. Yes, it's true. The Song of Solomon gives us the differences. It shows us very clearly. If we look at Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 1. The beloved speaks, and this is how a, a man sees his wife. And by the way, this is really good reading. <laughs> this is really amazing how they complement each other. All right, L listen to how the man, uh, in, and by the way, if you've never read the Song of Solomon, just buckle up. This is the Bible. He says, behold, my love, you are fair. You are fair. You have dove's eyes behind your veil. Your hair is like a flock of goats. Oh, going down from Mount Gilead, your teeth are like a flock of shorn sheep which have come up from the washing. Everyone which bears twins and none is barren among them. Aren't you glad she had all of her teeth in her mouth? Your lips are like a strand of scarlet and your mouth is lovely. Your neck is like the Tower of David. You can read the rest on your own time. <laughs> but listen to what he's focused on. What is he focused on? Her appearance. He is so captivated by how she appears to him. He can't take his eyes off of her. He's amazed by her beauty. This is how a man thinks. Very visual. Men are, this is why pornography is such a stain in our generation. We're addicted because it's all so image-based. But see, the, the, the mind of the man is so captivated by her beauty. You know, there are, <laughs> there are entire magazines on sale that is nothing, it's about nothing except putting the female body on pages. Right? The female leg, different parts of her body, right? Can I tell you, you'll never find a magazine full of hairy man legs. You'll never find it. It's not there. That's because women are motivated by something different. Am I right? Let's illustrate that. If you just turn the chapter back in Song of Solomon, then we find... The, the, the girl's description of the man. And it's amazing to see the difference. You young people, you ought to take notice because I'm telling you, this generation does not understand how to get along with the, with the opposite gender. No idea. So check this out. Song of Solomon, chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Listen to how she describes him. 
By night on my bed I sought the one I loved. I sought him, but I did not find him. I will rise now, I said. I'll go about the city and the streets and the squares seeking the one I love. I sought him, but I didn't find him. Verse 4, scarcely had I passed by them. When I found the one I love, I held him. I would not let him go. And so in verse 6, who is this coming out of the wilderness like pillars of smoke, perfumed with myrrh and frankincense, with all the merchant's fragrant powders? Behold, it's Solomon's couch. They all hold swords, being expert in war. Every man's sword. She's captivated by his authority, by his strength. She's captivated here by his, by, um, by his ability to command. And it goes on and on. She's not describing his teeth. You, know, you see the difference here? She's describing his influence. That he has influence. And it's amazing to see the difference here. She's filled with romance toward the one she loves. And so that's why when Paul speaks to the wife, he says, women, submit to and respect and honor your husband because that's not natural. It's not easy for you to do that. I'll just leave that right there. Okay, last one. Are you ready for this? Last comparison we'll make tonight. The radar and the computer. The woman can be a lot more like the radar. The man more like the computer. I guess radar is a term that's not popular anymore. How about GPS? That's a little better. Men and women process information differently. They think differently. Men and women have different brains. Did you ever see that illustration of the guy who is illustrating the two brains? Mark, I forget his name, he's great. He says, the the man's brain is very simple, okay? If a man wants to think about a certain subject, let's say it's baseball, then you know what a man does? He goes to to the baseball box, he opens the baseball box, and he can speak about baseball. He can take a look at the different things he knows about baseball. And listen, when when one box is open, there's no other boxes open. We're focused on baseball right now. And when we're done talking about baseball, we're going to put the baseball box back, and we're going to go back to where we started from. And you know what the favorite box is? Of all the different boxes and topics that we like to think about and talk about, do you know what the favorite box is? It's the nothing box. What are you thinking about? Nothing. Right? And it's true. I got nothing on the brain. We open the box and there's nothing in there. And we're very happy to stay in that box. And when we put the box away, then we can think about, some, okay, work, I got wife, I've got child. But listen, not more than one box at a time. <laughs> and in the video, the guy, the pastor who's saying all of this, then he walks over, he's got a, a little mannequin of a man and a woman and he's talking about the man, and he comes over to the other side, and he, he stands in front of the woman's brain, and he goes like this, the woman's brain, oh. he says, it's like a ball of active wires. Everything is connected to everything. That This wire is connected to that wire. And the and my mother is connected to the children, and the children are connected to the calendar, and the calendar to the school, and everything. It's like just a buzzing ball of electric wires, and it's all constantly happening at the same time. What are you thinking about, dear? 
Nothing? <laughs> they are so, so different. It's the GPS and the computer. The man wants to compute one thing at a time. We know that the brain, people who've studied the brain, understand that the, the left brain and the right brain are used for different things. The left brain is more primarily dealing with logic, reasoning, calculating things. It's the computer side of your brain. The right hemisphere of your brain deals with the more emotional, the feeling, the emotion, the sympathy, the love, the intuition, right? Studies have shown that men primarily use the left side of their brain, and while most women tend to use both sides of their brain. So men, sorry, you only got half your brain that's active. <laughs> women can also think logically, analytically. Women are, are they're doing better than men in university and college these days. There's more college graduates that are female than are male. And so we know that women can be highly logical, analytical, all those things. But women possess something that men don't. It's the more emotional side. The sympathy, the love, the intuition. Women tend to be more detail-oriented. This is true in my house. I would forget everything, where everything is located. Did you ever open the fridge? <laughs> oh, this one gets me every time. Where's the ketchup? Did you look for it? Yeah, I'm looking right now. Did you look behind the milk? Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. See, there's the difference between the GPS and the computer. Which one's better? It's not that one is better than the other. It's simply that they're different. God made us differently. But here is where we're going to conclude tonight. The power is not in the separate, separate sexes that, that are different from one another. The power is that God has called us to come together. The amazing miracle is this, that when male and female are able to come to relationship together in marriage, or even this is also true with uh, fathers and daughters, mothers and sons, that when these two come together, there's something miraculous that takes place. That God said when these male and female when these will come together, when the strengths and the weaknesses will be complemented, when they work in harmony rather than in, thank you, discord, then there is something amazing that takes place. There is something miraculous. There is something achieved that cannot be done separately. I want to tell you tonight that as we think about Valentine's Day, male and female relationships. This is one thing that no matter how much the world changes, we're going to need to learn how to have a relationship with the opposite sex. Husbands are going to need to learn how to love their wives and be gentle toward them and to be caring and protection over them. And women are going to have to continue to struggle to to submit to and honor and revere her husband and follow his lead the way that God designed. 
But I will tell you tonight that none of this is possible without the incredible truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified and His wisdom in how He created us differently from one another, not to be at war with one another, but to come into harmony with one another. This is the beauty of God's creation tonight. And I want to encourage you, men and women alike, number one, to embrace what God has made you to be. Stop fighting. Stop saying, uh, no, I'm not like that. And, and just recognize that, you know, I'm a man. I need to be a protector. I need to be a provider. I need to be, a, uh, I need to be responsible, right? I need to carry my weight. Or, as a woman... To say, you know, God has created me to care. My strength is to, to take care of, my, of those that are important to me in my life. I want my husband, my children, those in the church around me to be a great caretaker. And as we do that, as we embrace what God has made us to be, I want to tell you there is so much blessing tonight in understanding that and embracing that and living as God would instruct us tonight. I want to encourage you this evening. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we bring this service to a close. God made us to be very different, and that's okay. That's okay. We should not be striving to be equal in all things. Equal, of course, yes, in value before the Lord. In Christ, there is no Gentile, no Jew, no male, nor female, right? We, to God, in His eyes, we are all of equal and incredible value to Him. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vvph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people. Whoa.